Good morning. Welcome to the house of God right where you are. Uh, I'm excited to bring to you a message. I want to chat for just a moment about uh, state of the church, the condition of the church, our families and this pandemic and everyone being at home. I got a text actually from Ryan Dinsmore, Ryan and Lauren Dinsmore. They moved away uh, to Michigan several months back and now they're um, watching online and they were watching last week and it was exciting and he texted me and he said, uh, hey PT, I think that you should have a location in Michigan. And I replied back, we did this morning, your living room. So we had a location in Michigan. We have locations all over. And I don't want this to come across as bragging. I don't mean to brag at all. But in a matter of seven days, the Exchange Church went from one location to approximately 85, 90 locations. And uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, but this truly is an experience where you can just come as you are. I've already had texts this morning from people sitting out on their balcony, having breakfast while they're uh, watching the, the sunrise and the, the lake, and it's great breakfast. I wish I was having church with them. I've also gotten videos of other people, and this is truly come as, come as you are, right, Brantley? Uh, there are people watching in their living rooms. I'm just so excited. I just want you to know, all of you, that Carrie and I love you so much, and we have been praying for you. Um, we've been believing for big things for your family. And today, the topic that I want to talk to you about is from a heart um, of gratitude, from a heart of expectation of what the Lord is going to do in our families. You know what? I do think this pandemic and the social distancing has done for us, it's created a new way to connect with people. Prior to this moment in history, I don't I don't know that social media was that effective at connection. It was really effective at creating arguments. It was really effective at people thinking that their opinions mattered. Um, but now I see physical separation, physical distance, but not social distance. I see people loving each other in ways that we've not encountered before. I see people engaging um, through technology, even Facebook Live and Zoom. And so I'm super excited about that. I love what the Lord is doing and how he's growing us as a family. Right now, there are people all over our country, even outside of the United States that are watching this service. And so I'm just excited that we're able to connect as family and to love on each other throughout this uh, time in our lives, this time in history. It's a big time in history. Throughout the next week or two, as long as we're isolated in our homes, we are trying to provide uh, ways to keep you connected and help you grow. We've done several Facebook Live encounters. We've had worship encounters. We've had teaching and training encounters. Even just yesterday at 10 a.m., Flawless Ladies, I know because I could hear them partying in my home. They connected on Zoom and they just for an hour, they were talking, it was coffee and tea. Everybody got their favorite coffee and tea because they made it themselves and they sat down and chatted. They had a great time. I know they're gonna do that again next Saturday at 10 a.m. I also know that this week we're gonna be talking online about foundations of faith. So if you want to know about the doctrine of the Bible, the doctrine of God, the doctrine of humanity, 
the doctrine of the work of Christ. I'm going to be talking about all of that this week. You can access all of these opportunities on our website, theexchangechurch.org. Go to the calendar and it tells you the vehicle that we're going to deliver this. Some of them are Facebook Live encounters. Some of them are Zoom. So please stay connected. We, we love this opportunity and this time with you. I'm going to ask you, if you're not standing, to go ahead and stand because we love to honor the Word of God as we read it. I want to take you to the book of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 34. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city in, of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Everybody say favor. Favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man. Now the next couple of verses, the angel describes how this is going to happen. The, the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow her and this, this woman who has never been with the man is going to have life inside of her and not just any life, it's the Son of God. So she says, a great verse in verse 38, she then says, behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Father, we come before you today. I thank you so much for everyone that is just standing right now in their living room, in their bedroom, outside, wherever they are. Holy Spirit, you know no distance. You are not quarantined to the house of God. You are not quarantined to the heavens. But Lord, you are among us. You move among us even now. So God, I just ask that you would release greater power, greater anointing, a greater move right now where your children are. God, I thank you that everywhere they step in this moment is kingdom space. Every distraction has to go. Every illness and sickness has to be gone from the presence of you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The angel comes to her and says, you're going to give birth to a son and it's going to be the son of God, and she's confused. It doesn't make any sense to her. I mean, understand that in this moment, this is the first time this has ever happened. It's not like there is a history of this happening, and she says, oh, me, I'm next. Like, this makes no sense to her. It would be the equivalent of an angel showing up in your room right now and pointing to everyone that's watching this service and saying, for the first time in all of humanity, I'm going to cause humans to fly and next week you're going to sprout wings. And you would think, but there's no trend for this. This seems a little far-fetched. This seems a bit ridiculous. And this is exactly the situation that Mary was in. 
there, there was nothing to look back on to think, oh, I'm the next chosen one. Like this, this was it. And I love her response. Her response is something that, that should make us take pause and ask ourselves if we're responding the same way to what the Lord is trying to do in our heart, in our life. She says, let it be to me according to your word. She doesn't understand it. She doesn't get it. Even when the angel tries to explain it, it makes no sense to her. There is no framework, no foundation of understanding. And her response is, let it be to me as you have said. The Bible calls her highly favored. Highly favored. That's the topic I want to bring to us today. I I spoke last week on hope and peace, and I trust that the Lord used it to, to minister to you and your situation. Uh, today, I don't really want to focus on what's missing. I, I want to focus on what's here and what's coming. The topic I want to bring to you today is favor. Favor. If you're standing next to somebody, elbow them and say favor. Well, six feet away. Throw favor their way. Six feet away. Just say favor wherever you are. I believe that favor is coming into our homes today. Favor. It's an exciting topic. I love the topic of favor. I won't pretend today to know everything about favor. I won't pretend to be the most favored person that I know. I, I just want to be honest with you and transparent to say, I pursue favor. I'm not afraid to pursue favor. I'm not afraid to believe and expect that God wants to bless me. I, I'm concerned that many of us are missing out on the extravagance of God because we're not pursuing the extravagance of God. I was reminded just before I walked up, so you're not going to see it on your screens, but you have a Bible somewhere in your home or on your phone, and you can study this. But if you were to go to 1 Chronicles chapter 4, there is a story of a man named Jabez. In 1 Chronicles 1, chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, it's a genealogy. It's just name after name after name. It's, it's dry reading, and there's a lot of good stuff in there, I assume, if you want to take the time to break it all down. But when it gets to chapter 4, verse 9, they stop all the list of names, and something happens. Like, they, they stop the genealogy, and it says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. I just think it's interesting out of all of these people that the Bible is listing, it has to hit the brakes on the genealogy to highlight this man named Jabez. His name means to be born in pain. He was doomed from the beginning. And I just want to say to you right now in your home, I don't care if the odds are against you, if the card is stacked against you. I don't, I don't care what the situation looks like. If you've been let go from your job or your salary has decreased or you're not making the sales or whatever the situation is, Jabez, we have a great example of from the beginning, since conception, he was doomed to fail. 
But then the Lord stepped in because he pursued blessing. He wasn't ashamed to say, Lord, will you bless me? I need favor on my life. Now, I want to talk to you about favor and move pretty quickly. The important thing is God every lo loves everyone in the room the same. He, he loves me like he loves you, like he loves your neighbor that keeps you up till 2 a.m., like he loves your teenager, like he loves your in-law, like he loves every, God loves everyone the same, but he does not favor everyone the same. I don't carry the same favor as you, and you don't carry the same favor as me. We do know from scripture that favor can increase. And I think it's really critical in a time that we're in now to seek the favor and the hand of God on our life more than ever before. Proper use of favor increases favor. So when you steward it well, you get more favor. Resource attracts resource. Favor attracts favor. Proper use of anything brings more of it. The more you use your time wisely and you steward your time well, it seems like you have more time. That the hours and the minutes and the days don't slip away because you've stewarded it well, you've accounted for it, you've sent your time on a mission and it doesn't return void. The more that you steward things well, the more you get. The more you steward your influence well, the more influence that you get. The more you steward your money well, the more money that you get. I don't understand it. I'm not even sure that I agree with God on it. But the reality is we have to use what's in our hand if we want God to bless us with more. We even have a saying in the world that says the rich get rich and the poor get poor. I wonder if that's not actually a principle of God because possibly by using that which we have, the resource that we have properly, it has to attract more. It's a principle of God. Proper stewardship brings increase. This is why you can see someone in the world who doesn't love Jesus, but they understand the principles of God. They apply good stewardship practices and you see what seems to be the hand of God, favor on their life, increase on their life. The reality is it's not so much that God is honoring the person, he's honoring his word. If we look at Luke chapter 2, verse 52, it says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. I used to call this the balanced life. In fact, as of earlier this week, I've called it the balanced life, but I've done some processing and thinking. I've had a lot of time to think over the last few days, and I want to call this the growing life. I'm not really sure how much I buy into the notion of balance. I think balance, if we try to find balance too hardcore, we end up drained in every area of our life. I almost feel like life are, it works in cycles and seasons to where there are moments like right now, you are going hard after your health. That's why you're not going to your job. That's why you're stuck at home. You're, you're focused very much on surviving this. You're probably not focused on a lot of other 
uh, peripheral things in your world and in your life. But when this is over, you won't focus so much on going to find toilet paper and bread and milk and eggs. You're going to focus on other things in your life. This is what I call a growth cycle. It's the ebb and flow of life. In Luke 2:52, we see that Jesus grew in four areas. Now, if Jesus grew in four areas, that probably means that I need to grow in four areas as well. So let's take a look at that. It says Jesus grew in wisdom. Wisdom is intellectual growth, right? He, he grew intellectually. Wisdom is deposited from heaven, but we could parallel that even just intellectually. Are you challenging yourself your mental capacity, your thought processes, the things that you think about. He grew in stature. He grew in stature. That's physically. He got stronger. He got bigger. He got faster. Are you challenging yourself even now at home? I texted someone yesterday and I said, hey, are you going for walks? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? Because it is important that you and I continue to grow in all of these areas of our life. Jesus grew in stature. You and I should be growing physically as well. And I don't necessarily mean growing physically. I mean getting stronger as we go on day by day. He also grew, the third one, favor with God, that's spiritually, and with man, that's relationally or socially. So intellectually, physically, socially, and spiritually. The question I have about the growing life and about this verse in particular, why is it that Jesus needed to grow in favor with God? Let's get all on the same page for a moment. He was the son of God. He is like God incarnate. He, he was before there ever was and is. Like he sat around with God since before the beginning of time. Why is it that when he shows up in the flesh, he has to grow in favor with God? You would think that Jesus was just given all the favor that could be had because he was the son of God, but that's not true. Jesus had to grow in favor with God. If Jesus had to grow in favor with God, then you and I need to grow in favor with God too. There's one point that I want to pull out of our scripture in Luke chapter one, Mary who was highly favored, highly favored and found a blessing from the Lord. The, the point I wanna pull from that is extreme favor brings opposition and opportunity. Extreme favor brings opposition and opportunity. You see, Mary is engaged to Joseph. She is um, finding herself pregnant before it's time, before she's been with the man. And, and the Bible says in Matthew that Joseph wanted to put her away privately. He wanted to get rid of her. He didn't want to public shame her, but he's thinking, wait a minute, like this has never happened. This sounds ridiculous. I I just can't do this. And he was going to put her away until the Bible says an angel of the Lord visited him in his dreams. I love that too. He didn't just dream about an angel. A real literal angel stepped into the dream world of Joseph. Think about that for a moment. So then he decided, okay, um, this is of God. I'm going to stick with her. But what about her family? What about the town? Think of all the opposition that this highly favored woman of God, because of the blessing, 
experienced and encountered. Extreme favor will bring you opposition. And sometimes those that are closest to you will understand the favor the least. Sometimes it's misunderstood by the people that are closest to us, but I just want to remind us all, as favor begins to trickle into our homes, as favor begins to flood into our bank accounts, into our relationships, into our thought life, into our physical bodies, as we begin to get elevated by favor, you never have to apologize for the favor that you carry. Never apologize. You don't have to explain it. You don't have to defend it. You don't have to be sorry that you've got it and this person doesn't. And there's no sense in pretending that you deserve it because you don't. That actually is the definition of grace. Grace is unmerited favor. We get favor not because we deserve it, but for some reason we step into a position of being highly favored. This is the grace of God. This is getting what we don't deserve. In fact, every one of us who has said yes to Jesus Christ in a moment, your eternity was forever changed. You didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. You don't have to keep working for it. In, in a moment, the grace of God moved on you and delivered into your hands something that you don't deserve. We don't need to act like we deserve favor. We, we don't. We can't earn it. God did something unique for her, and God was honoring her in that moment because extreme favor not only brings opposition, it brings opportunity. And, and I'm excited to see and hear the stories, the testimonies pour in about this time of isolation and separation. I want to hear what God is doing in your life and in your home. I'm excited to hear those stories come in because extreme favor brings opportunity. But handle opportunity with care. Because if we're not careful, the enemy will use every moment to try to sneak his foot in the door, he will ride in on that wave of opportunity if you're not careful. I've had people show up before at the church and great people, many of them still attend the church, some of them don't, but they would say, oh, the worship is great, the preaching is fantastic, the kids' ministry is life-changing, the, the First Impressions team is just so welcoming. We love this church. It's not like the other church we went to. And I know for the majority of them, they're certainly not trying to bash the other church, but I have to be careful and in your context, whatever it is, when someone compliments you, that context is you have to be careful that when people compliment you, and even if it's accidentally at the expense of someone else, you receive it for what it is. You, you keep the compliment, you receive it, but you almost keep a six foot social distancing on it. Because if you're not careful, praise that we hear and that we receive, the enemy will ride in on it and we'll start to build a little kingdom around our gift. We'll build a little kingdom around our abilities, around our intellect, around our education, around our finances, and we will begin to peer down at everyone else from the platform that we've built for ourselves. And the Lord loves to send praise our way because he wants to affirm us. 
But if you ever receive that praise as an opportunity to build your own kingdom, you have just proven and discovered in that moment how much praise you can be trusted with. When the Lord brings praise your way, receive it for what it is. There are three ways. I've only got a few minutes left, but I want to quickly move through three ways or reasons that favor can be found. Number one, I think I'll just say this point and you'll agree with me and say amen at home because it's pretty obvious, but favor is given to show his affection to you. Can I get an amen? The Lord gives us favor because he loves you. He loves you. He loves to bless his children. He loves to release favor on you. The second point that we may not be aware of is his favor is also used to develop relationship. Develop relationship. In Matthew chapter 7, 21 through 23, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I suppose there's one thing more important than me knowing Jesus. That's me allowing him to know me. Where I pull back the curtain of my heart and my life and I allow him to get into the dark spaces, the dark closets of my world and my life, my thought life, my habits, my patterns, whatever it is, I've, I've been in seasons of my life where I knew the Lord and I believed he was good and I knew he was faithful and I could talk about him all day long while hiding parts of my heart and my life and my soul thinking that I can't lay that before him. I can't bring that before him. But the Lord wants to know every inch of who you are. He already knows and, and sees that what he wants is you to have the courage to step into his space vulnerable and honest and trusting him. There's an age old question, at least in my mind, I've, I've thought this and I've heard it many times. And this verse in Matthew seven is a bit tricky. You know, people wonder how is it that can, people can heal others or prophesy or do miracles and the Lord rejects them. And I've given that thought throughout the years and how, how is it that someone can live an immoral lifestyle yet they still do all of these somewhat miraculous things. One thing that I, I've settled on is that when someone prophesies and they are dead on and they are accurate, or someone prays for others and there is healing in the room or there are miracles. And I've said this before at the Exchange Church, but the gifts of the Spirit are not an indicator of our spiritual health the fruit of the spirit is. But when God uses someone that is completely broken to deliver a miracle to the world, he's not honoring their lifestyle. He's honoring his word. So it's important for you and I, if we, if we want to step into a place where the Lord is honoring all that we do, not just fulfilling his word on our life, but he's, drawing us into relationship and we're stepping into that intimacy with him, 
we have to peel back the layers and allow favor, not just to bless our bank account, not just to bless our health, but for favor to draw us into relationship. The third reason, I guess, and I'll finish with this. The third reason can be found in 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 9. It says, blessed be the Lord your God, who delighted in you, setting you on the throne of Israel, because the Lord has loved Israel forever. Therefore, he made you king to do justice and righteousness. The Lord will bring you favor, even in this pandemic, because he really, really, really loves the people around you. What he has given you, what he has given me cannot stop with us. It has to be released. It has to be given away. In fact, favor that ends with you will never see its intended potential. There is a grace on your kid's life right now for them to overcome things in their life because you've already won those battles. There is a, a, a grace that is going on through your legacy because you've already fought those fights. You see, the Lord has given you favor to win battles because he really, really loves not just you, but the people around you. In Ephesians 4, 29, it shows us that we can be intentional at spreading favor. It says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for ne and necessary for edification, that it may impart grace. Everybody say grace, grace to the hearers. What is grace? Favor. Let no corrupt word come out of your mouth so that you have the bandwidth to impart favor to those around you. Right now, I just wanna impart favor into your home. If you're standing there, sitting there, and you've been feeling like you've barely been getting by, potentially anxiety is, is rising, or you've been trying to keep it in its place in check, maybe you, you're having nightmares or concerns, maybe you can't sleep at all. I don't know what your condition is in the current moment, but I also, I want to tell you that there is a faithful God. Even if in this moment you feel faithless, aren't you glad that your victory is never dependent on your faithfulness? It's dependent on His faithfulness. And so on this morning, I just want to impart into you favor. I want to stir inside of you an awareness that the Lord is fighting your battles that the Lord is not caught off guard. He's not caught by surprise. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you need. And he's already moving in the wings, positioning things for your victory. Favor, because you are a son, because you are a daughter. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your people that are watching this morning. I thank you for the blessing that is coming their way. Father, I just thank you so much for everything you're doing among us. In this room, I just sent your presence and online. I just believe that you're doing something, not just today, but 
When this digital service hits the archives, you're gonna still be moving. People are gonna sense a stirring of favor in their life and in their world. God, we just thank you. We bless your name, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine down on you. In Jesus' name.